Why do we still do this job? This is the best job in the world, man. We get to wear awesome outfits, and it's totally easy to do hungover. Let's rock West Academy. The energy drink, Minotaur, is good. Woo! Taste the beast! Minotaur! Oh, gosh. And a large black coffee. Do you mean a venti? No, I mean a large. Venti is a large coffee. Really? Says who? Fellini? You know what? You've been picking fights with everybody. I can't stand it anymore. I'm moving out. Woohoo! Good morning, Flexible. Your electricity is out. Just doing my part to save this big blue planet. Your water is shut off, too. Like I said. Oh, hey, hey, hey! Oh, that's right, we're here. You can let it down. Too late, it's already up. Destruction of school property, vandalism. Shut up! They wanted to give you 30 days in jail. What? But I worked my magic on the judge. Instead, you have community service. You're going to Sturdy Wings. We bring adults and children together to enhance the lives of these children through one-on-one -on -one friendships. I already prefer jail. Kid's name is Augie Farks. This is Danny. He wants to be your new friend. I wasn't really 100% yet. Don't judge no me. No worries, my liege. <laughs> Ronnie's one of our youngest. No one's lasted more than a day. Wow. But I think you're perfect because you're young and you don't want to go to prison. What up, Ronnie? I don't want to take my pants off. What? I've been talking for half an hour. Kids barely said a word. I don't want to be alone with them, Danny. Oh. No, 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 no. What are you doing? Maybe you should think about losing the cape. People tend to avoid people in capes. This fall. She got some boobies on her. Never stare at the boobies, kid. But how? It's called training. You don't think I've noticed the 34 C's directly to the left of us? Boobies. Don't look over there. Look here. It will take a couple of boys. Are you sewing? Yeah. This is my country's emblem. And we would like to invite you to be a soldier in the Xanthian army. To make them men. This community service has given me some perspective. You complete me. You had me at hello. Oh, God. Danny. I'm not Ben Affleck. You white, then you Ben Affleck. You are white. It's true, I am white. Let's go. Role models. See you tomorrow, Ronnie. Oh. <laughs> Welcome to Movie Umpers. My name is Bob Sham. My name is Angela. And the sounds you hear may be dogs. Mm -hmm. We didn't do a great job this month of keeping it clean. No. For family-friendly comfort food. Not at all. And uh, we have gone through all of the ones that we have picked personally as what affect us from our childhood. But I took the liberty because, you know, this last week of November leading into December, gifts come in early because it's five. We're dropping every day this last week of yes. November. And I took it upon myself to select a comfort food for the both of us, though it's not family friendly. Not at all. And not from our childhood. But this was a movie that would keep, at least in the first half of our relationship, would keep like popping up. We didn't really have cable at home back in the day, but when we would travel, we Every would... Every hotel. When we'd stay in a hotel, we'd turn it on. This is up until probably like 2015. Every time we go to a hotel to stay somewhere, and we're like, let's channel surf cable, because we don't do that at home. Mm-hmm. And we'd always find the movie Role Models. Yes. And whenever we came across the movie Role Models, we stopped and we watched it. We, we've probably no seen... No matter where it was. We've probably seen this movie like eight times at yeah. least. And that's the movie we're discussing, Role Models, directed by David Wayne, written by David Wayne, Paul Rudd, Ken Marino, a couple other folks starring Paul Rudd, Sean William Scott, Christopher Mintz-Plast, Jane Lynch... 
Bobby J. Thompson, Elizabeth Banks, a lot of people. But I prefer the porn parody, mm. uh, Hole Models. Ooh, okay. Hole Models. They can't all be great. It could be pole models. I thought that too, but holes more punchier, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. Whole models. Yeah, this is that same group <laughs> of people who were in wet hot yeah, summer. And they were in as a, a lot of players in this movie were specifically Ken Marino and David Wayne. Wet Hot Crazy Summer. Were in a 90s sketch group on MTV called The State. Yeah, and I feel like this and a lot of other projects came from The State. Reno 911 was yes. involved, people from that. And you see... Uh, Party Down. Yeah, like they're, they've been all over. They've become directors and writers, a lot mm-hmm. of people involved, producers. Yeah. So yeah, they're all over the place. And I was thinking about... Like, this type of movie, right? This kind of crude but heartfelt movie. Uh, uh, two things that have often been used to describe us yes. <laughs> and myself as a person. Crude yeah. but heartfelt. But this kind of movie is kind of, like, it quietly dipped away, right? There's not really this movie that just goes so hard with, like, and says anything for the joke. But then by the end, there's just this... There's this trope in which, and this movie has it, in which every bit character comes together to see what we've all learned together at the same time. Yeah. At the end of this movie. Yeah. And you know, you're Sean William Scott. That's Sean with two N's. Ugh. Yeah, they sp- <laughs> Was cast as the lead in this movie because he was in Dude, Where's My Car? American Pie. American Pie. He was. He had his own National Lampoon movie. Yeah, he he was in a lot of uh, comedies, and while this does hit up a lot of tropes, which I do want to kind of split hairs on a little bit, okay, because there are a lot of tropes in these type of comedies from the late nineties and throughout the two thousands that I'm glad have kind of faded. I do genuinely think role models, and I'm not just saying that because it's kind of our movie. I do genuinely think role models is the one of the higher end versions of that. Exactly, and I think that's why it is our movie. We wouldn't have kept watching it if we hated it. Yeah. It it it, it rises to the top of that group, for like, sure. Like Jane Lynch is in this movie playing the same character she's played in a dozen movies, but this is the funniest of yes. the same character that Jane... Yes. She plays a lady who runs this f- facility where people can... Uh, be big brothers to troubled children. Yeah, they even use the big and little term. And she's the bigs and littles. Yeah. yeah. And don't you feel like the word littles nowadays is thrown around unironically? Yeah. But in this movie, they present that word word as though it's like a cornball goofy ass thing to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I still think that, but it's just funny how they threw that word out there like it was like it's a gag to say that word in this movie. And people are in real life now mm-hmm. are being like gotta go pick up my littles from the daycare you know so many people have become jane lynch (laughs) even with the crack whore background (laughs) you know what she used to eat for breakfast cocaine Cocaine. you know what she used to eat for lunch cocaine cocaine paul rudd and sean william scott they work for this energy drink company called minotaur and feel uh, the beast and paul rudd is this kind of curmudgeon uh guy who who would have thought Who's like, 
who kind of bitches about he he's kind of a smart ass bitches about everything. Yeah. Sean William Scott's character is this kind of a party animal dude um who's kind of stuck in his life in his own way. If you combine both of these characters, then it's me in 2004 essentially. <laughs> Although Sean William Scott probably did get laid more than I did, I'll be honest with there. He just gets laid all over this movie easily. That's true. But I guess that was what was presented as the 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 party animal himbo. He is he loves his life, but he's definitely stuck in a college party boy mentality. Yes. He has the least growth by the end of this, except that he realizes that he wants to have a real relationship with this kid. There's a sequel to this where he marries that kid's mom. So their job is to go school to school as corporate sponsors to tell kids to not do drugs, but drink Minotaur energy drinks instead. Yeah. Sean William Scott dresses as a Minotaur and Paul Rudd's in a suit, uh, giving the lecture to the kids. Well, And drinking the drink all day yeah. at every school. So Paul Rudd's girlfriend is uh, Elizabeth Banks. Who's Everybody a, looks like babies in this movie. Yeah, who is a lawyer, mm-hmm. but she's so sick of how completely constantly bitchy and negative Paul Rudd is that she takes a long look at their relationship and breaks it off. Well, he does the stupidest thing where he tries to say, hey, our relationship's not good, so let's shake it up. Let's get married. And she goes, no, let's shake it up. I'm moving out. We all know someone who approaches relationship issues like that. It's either let's get married or let's open our relationship, and both of those never go well. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. If you've been together for a long time, and these folks were seven years in. And both of those things can only be pulled off when the relationship is extremely secure and positive. And it can't be let's fix it by doing this. It has to be like, we're good. So Paul Rudd is mentally crashing. They're chugging this Minotaur energy drink so much. And I want to, uh, before we get into the meat of the movie, because the humor really picks up yes. after they crash the Minotaur truck onto a statue, and then they get forced by the court with the help of Elizabeth Banks to do community service. So they have to do 150 hours with Jane Lynch's organization and be bigs to littles. But before we get into the meat of this movie, uh, comedy DVD covers, movie posters are always the fucking... Worse. Look at this. Like you got Christopher Mintz Plass posing with his sword. That's fine. Sean William Scott chugging a, a a tall boy on the street. But Paul Rudd. What's Paul Rudd doing? He's pissing. He's pissing on the wall, and that's to signify that he doesn't give a fuck. And he's got that expression on his face. Does he piss on anything? Like in this. And then you see the tag. The tagged on um uh line. Bad behavior. Bad attitude bad example the only time he pees in this movie is when they've been drinking the minotaur all day and they pee and it's green but that's in a regular urinal just seems so much shittier than they really are but i will give this poster credit in that um if you'll look at the covers of a lot of comedies at the time it's always someone like on the cover like doing this this is true so they have to so they go to this place called Sturdy Wings. This is a simple concept. We bring adults and children together in a structured format to enhance the lives of these children through one-on-one friendships. People ask me, Gail, how did you come up with such a 
life-altering program. And I tell them I spent a lot of time alone as a kid. My father was a traveling salesman. My mother, out of necessity, was a whore. And there's this guy there who's been there like a life or been there for five years. He's in love with her. And uh, I believe he's in one of those Danny McBride shows. But he's quite a funny character and he's always like wanting to hook up with Jane Lynch. I happen to know a really nice Italian restaurant in Manhattan Beach and I would love to take you if you're interested. Sure, Martin. I just hope we're talking pasta, not pussy. Well, I was talking about two adults having some pasta and... Yes, I was kind of hoping that it would lead to some pussy. <laughs> I mean, let's just call it out there. I mean, what are we after here? So they meet their uh, respective littles, and Sean William Scott meets, um, I can't remember his name, but he's played by a fellow by the name of Bobby J. Thompson. And when he sits down with this kid, the kid immediately accuses him of trying to molest him. Draw in there. Oh, Beyonce. She's smoking. I don't want to take my pants off. What? Whoa, whoa. All right, Ronnie, that's enough. This bitch tried to grab my joint. Language, Ronnie. My language is English. And this motherfucker tried to grab on my hang down. Paul Rudd goes to the roof of the facility, and Jane Lynch is like, okay, this guy, he's a little bit older, but he could definitely use some help. <laughs> the evil King Argatron has us cornered. Oh. The fair lady Esplin, goddess of Nevelor. I fight for your honor. You wish you wish to kiss me? There's precious little time. Oh, what the hell? No! No! More later! Now I must fight! And it's Christopher Mintz Plast, who's Hot from his super bad release, which right, I think I yeah. came out like a year or two before. Yeah. And he's dressed in like garb and he's waving around a padded sword. Because he plays Lair. Lair. What's it called in real life? There's it just depends on what group you're in as well. What, what was it that you did you guys used to do? It was I think the area we were at was Beltane when we would go mm. and I think that's what it was called. I, what she's saying is that at one point in my history <laughs> with some friends in the early 2000s, and we weren't teenagers, we were college age and higher. Some people were even much older. We would take PVC pipes, wrap them in camping foam, and make these homemade weapons. And we would go out and... When when I when I got into it with my friends, it was very much like an exercise thing. Like I was probably in the best shape of my life doing this shit. Oh yeah, I watched you guys do it once, and it was impressive. And we were running the call whole time. And we were uh, and we're hitting each other, and you know it's the thing like in the movie, you get hit in the arm, you're, you're you get you you lose an arm, you get hit in the leg, you lose a leg, you get hit, you lose two limbs, you're dead. Right. Mm -hmm. The weird part is when when I was with my friends and we would do this. It was just like, and we were also just smoking unbelievable amounts of weed, drinking unbelievable sure. amounts of alcohol. We were kind of like the bad kids in that sense, but also doing it. And I remember the first time I went to my, our first um, uh, event. Yeah. When we would do this, we wouldn't really dress up. I My buddy who kind of got us into it, he had these kind of like long pants. He kind of looked a little bit like a like a white trash samurai but i we just kind of 
credit to him just liking that style. Sure, sure. So when we go to this event, and I'm just wearing like black slacks and a t-shirt, and when we go to the the event, everyone is garbed up like in this movie, and we people actually made fun of us. Because some some people because our swords were homemade, and you were they'd be covered by like a long like tube sock or yeah. something like that, and you could tell. And some people trashed us, but some people were also very complimentary how resourceful we were because the guy who got us into this. He grew up poor as shit. Like he made his own shit. And when we, so the first day I went out there, I'm going out in just regular clothes and I'm like, all right. And then this dude stops me and he's like, you got to be garbed up to be out on the field. He's like, this isn't your backyard. So I had to go and like put on just baggier clothes that my friends had brought. Oh my God. In order to come back. It was. It was purely just, uh, and this is how it's actually the most common is the way it's portrayed in this movie, literally pretending you're an elf or some shit and running around in the woods. And once you kind of get into the flow of that at these events, you can't have a good time. But when we got into it, it really was just about getting fucked up and beating the shit out of each other with PVC pipes wrapped in camping foam. Mm -hmm. And we took it seriously in the sense of, we were personally competitive. Yeah. But then I didn't realize how serious this shit could get. Yeah. And so we actually went to an event to do some stuff. And we were definitely, it, and I'm not complaining. It's, there some there were cool people, but there are a lot of these people that's like, you know how nerds kind of get a little bit of power and then they become like the worst people ever. I mean, there's Kim Jong in this movie is, exactly. the, is the example of that. <laughs> yeah, it just the ability, you know, you take all that anger that has been from all your lifetime of people shitting all over you and you just use that to shit on everyone else. Absolutely. Nerds can be kind of worse sometimes just in the sheer capability of the pe- lives that they can affect. I yeah. mean, the guys who bullied them in high school will often just, they'll probably be cops or something, but that's a, that's their peak. But anyway, I have a little history with this. So I think that kind of lends it to why I kind of connect with this movie in a way. But of course, Paul Rudd is like, it's the dorkiest shit you've ever seen in your whole life. And he is like having to be dragged. And he's like, I don't want to roll. He can't even fake it to start when he takes the kid home. And it's like, uh, I hung out all day with Gleep Glop and the gloop de doos and shit like <laughs> yeah. this. And-, and he's like, do you want to see my turtle? And he's like, I'm yeah. good. I'm yep. good. They also allude to people having like, People doing spells and yes. throwing fireballs. Yes. We were straight up, fuck that bullshit. Yeah, no, no Hit, spells. Don't come at me with your invisible fireball. Hit me with a weapon. Or nothing. Or yeah. nothing. No, that, I that, that. that was the way we were. So that weird little nerdy subculture <laughs> is the underline through the whole movie. Yeah. And... And that's when we encounter, there's all kinds of like skit comedy dudes. Like there's a bunch of people from the state, but Matt Walsh is in this King crew with Ken Jong. Yeah. He's from Upright Citizens Brigade. And there's just all kinds of dudes that have been in comedy forever throughout yeah. this movie. And Ken Jong plays the best like little twerpy, uh, little king nerd. Whoa, who's that dork? Uh, that's the king. Well, I should have guessed. Nothing says royalty like the burger hole. Yeah, he and his lackeys eat there before every battle. His majesty approaches. Oh, God. His royalty approaches. 
What are you doing? You, you have to kneel before the king. Bow down, little girl. Bow down. Bow down. Why? Because he's the king, I beg you. Paul Rudd, of course, rightfully so, is just like, uh, I mean, Christopher Men's Plass, he's like dropping to his knees for the king, and he's like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Rightfully, like, laughing at this scenario. Yeah, it's insane. One thing I did love is that they had all ages of people there, from, like, high school to, like, old men, like, fighting. Yeah. Because typically I... And there's more women there than you might expect as well. I feel like that kind of group is like a band situation too where like everybody be fucking yeah it's definitely like a theater crew or <laughs> yeah. a, something like that yeah. yeah it's hard going when they first meet their littles but um, ronnie is the kid's name ronnie but sean william scott he bonds with ronnie by talking about boobs and tits and shit ronnie loves that shit and there's great comic <laughs> timing with the ronnie character and uh, Sean William Scott. They have such a good rapport. Yeah. It's, it's my favorite part of the movie is them just talking to each other. The timing, the, the way uh, little Ronnie is insulting. He's just like the probably the funniest character in the movie. You know, Ronnie actually has a good mom yes. who's really looking to help Ronnie out, even though he's kind of a terror. Um, Christopher Mintz Platt's character. Sorry, we can't remember all these character names. His name's uh, Augie. Augie. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, Augie. Augie's parents are, you know, they're, they seem relatively normal, but they don't, they just think that what he's doing is just incredibly super nerdy and they want him to do the things that they think are cool. They are the people who in high school, and it's his stepdad, they're the people in high school who like, he was probably on the football team, she was probably a cheerleader, they want the kid to be popular, and because he's living in this fantasy world, they shit on it all the time. And Augie reveals to the Paul Rudd's character, I think his name's Danny, I'm trying to remember these that names. That sounds right. Um, that actually I'm being made to do this as well. His guidance counselor signed him up for Sturdy Wings, and the parents are pushing it so that he can somehow get guidance in the hopes that he puts down the nerdy, padded, weapon, middle-aged garb and goes and gets a girlfriend for once in his life. And we see a girl involved in all that stuff that makes eyes at him and stuff. They start to kind of soften up predictably. They start to actually really like each other, and they find that as they're going through and they're getting their hours signed up that they're actually enjoying spending time with these kids. And it takes a long time for Paul Rudd to click because, uh, with the group, but he, but he does appreciate Augie very quickly as a kid who means well. So, so Paul Rudd gets Augie kicked out of the group because Augie kills the king, but no one sees it. So the king says, you didn't kill me. Davith of Glen Kraken. Yes, my liege. This he slay me. He doth not slay the king. You weren't even here when it happened. Was too here. Everyone, I'm, I'm telling you the truth. I killed the king. I, why don't you believe me? I, I swear I can weep like a maiden. <laughs> <laughs> and Paul Rudd is like, you're a liar. And he's calling Kim Jong a liar to the point where Kim Jong kicks him out of the out yeah. of the game. Says neither one of you can ever come back. And Paul Rudd feels terrible about this because he does care about Augie. And in that moment, he was defending him. 
And so he goes to dinner. And I feel like that's really the turning point is when he goes to dinner at the house and sees how rude the parents are to him. They're like happy he got kicked out. He's like, this is a good kid. I would be proud if this was my kid. Yeah, you guys yeah. are shitty parents. And Augie's he's upset at, at Danny for getting him kicked out. He's in a weird spot where he's annoyed because Danny did get him kicked out uh, because Danny stood up for him at the lair group. But he's also standing up for him at his parents' house. And so Augie's just, he's a little frustrated at Danny, but like this is probably the first time anyone has stood up for what he cares about the most. Absolutely. And his feelings are going to be hurt because he, he obviously lost something he really cared about at the, at the hand of someone who could be out of his life in a month. Meanwhile, Sean William Scott and Ronnie, they bond. Sean William Scott's super into Kiss. This song is called Love Gun, and it's about Paul Stanley's dick. Now this girl's gonna get some of his dick. Cool. I didn't know Jews could sing like that. No, no, they couldn't at the time. That's why they had to dress like clowns. This got them girls? Get this. They've been getting pussy nonstop for 30 years. They're probably fucking right now. They're old dudes. They put makeup on and it's all good. No shit. You pull the trigger of mine. Love gun. You see, Ronnie, as dick as the gun. Well, he takes Ronnie to a party. This was a big mistake. And uh, Ronnie's just playing, while Ronnie's playing video games, Sean William Scott gets seduced by some teacher mm-hmm. and they hook up. And But when Ronnie's done playing video games, he can't find them. And when Sean is going to look for them after he's, he gets, he gets messages from Ronnie's mother and Ronnie like walked home while he was hooking up. He feels super bad about it and he, he really pushes hard to make this right. And he's calling the mom and he, and the, he and the mom also have a very genuine connection as well, begging Ronnie to forgive him and the mother. And he's like, look, my hours are almost up, but I want to hang out with Ronnie beyond all of this because he's just a really cool kid yeah and paul rudd negotiates because they go to the burger hole or wherever because that's where the king and his minions eat Every before, time before the their, battle. their lair battles because it's a big battle that's about to happen like a big event the super rumble and so battle royale paul rudd puts on the garb that was made for him by uh augie and he begs them to he apologizes basically he has to hat, hat in hand he even has to kiss Kim Jong's ring hand and then Kim Jong like tries to stick his fingers in his mouth <laughs> or something it's so good I exit my burger hole boy contacts Augie and he's like we're in we're on though Augie Augie has been contacted by his crew that he was signed up with because while the king is letting them fight He's uh, demanded that all other sub-realms or factions uh, do not allow him into the into their faction. So, so his group is like, you can't play with us. So they have to come up with new colors, new garb. And they have to have at least four people. And they, get, they contact Sean William Scott and Ronnie, and they show up to the Rumble dressed like fucking Kiss. It's so good. And they kick ass, and they're going through, and this is the first time that Paul Rudd's character is actually like super into the sword fight thing. And at one point he manages to kill the Matt Walsh character. Some of his old crew pretend like they're on their side and then turn on him and they kill Ronnie real quick. And Sean William Scott sacrifices himself for Danny. And they're actually supposed to be at a court date when all of this is happening. Oh yeah. So she's calling like, where are you? But it also just so happens as they're fighting 
for each other and trying to help Augie like win in this big battle while they're all dressed like Kiss. Elizabeth Banks, Ronnie's mom, uh, Augie's parents, like every side character. Jane Lynch and that guy. Somehow knows where to go and converges into this area, this park, to watch these guys uh, do this big fight. Well, Danny does tell Elizabeth Banks where he is, and I'm assuming that Jane Lynch... And maybe those parents were also at the court. And she I had, don't know. And she had kicked them out before simply because of the fact that uh, Sean William Scott lost Ronnie. And uh, also when Paul Rudd defended Augie to his parents. The parents were like, parents got him kicked out. out. Yeah. So they are, they've already been like canned from the program. But they're actually friends with these kids. And listen, all it took was Elizabeth Banks seeing Paul Rudd in that kiss outfit with his chest hair out (laughs) to be like let me give this boy another chance so they managed to catch the king all by himself again and paul rudd sacrifices himself so augie can fight and augie manages to kill the king and they think it's over but the girl that augie likes comes up onto him and kills him and she becomes queen of the realm tightly packages together they miss a court date, which is kind of a serious thing, but Jane Lynch is like, Oh, listen, I got a long-standing relationship with this judge, and I don't want to get too graphic, but I used to suck his dick for drugs. Oh. He got me my junk. Long story short, you guys are not going to jail. And, and it's all happily ever after. This yeah. crude, fun comedy ends up being very heartfelt. And it's a formula that we you actually will see from tons of comedies at that time. Yeah. Some better than others, but I really do think this one is one of the most fun out of all those tropey. You know the the beats of this movie. It's very sort of Shakespearean. <laughs> sure, it really is. Like I mean, that. That's you the can kind of you can kind of whittle everything down. That's to what I'm saying. But it is it's very classic movie beats, which is why it works. But when it fails is when the jokes are not there and the chemistry is not there. And those are two things this movie has. Like, the timing is great. The chemistry is amazing. Like, these people, when they come out and they're kiss stuff. Admittedly, the tacked on stuff, like, you know, you got to have the hot girlfriend with the problems. You got to have this. Up until they start being involved with Sturdy Wings, Mm -hmm. that's when the real comedy and the great moments really, like, pick up all the all the stuff the build-up and stuff it's fine it's like whatever it's kind of like any other of these comedies but i do feel like you know this is the structure of this comedy this style of comedy at some point we saw this all the time in movies and i don't know how high i'll go on this i think it'll ultimately get a good score from us it's definitely far from perfect there are things that are there are tropes in here that i don't ever need to see in movies again and i am kind of glad that you know, we just haven't been seeing a lot of comedies. and You know, movies are at a place where it's hard to get certain things greenlit. And yeah. we haven't really seen great comedies show up in a while. Like, the comedies that we see have to be, like, very strange. Like, a Bo is Afraid kind of thing or something. It's got to come at some weird angle now. Which is kind of things we often maybe prefer... Because on the surface, if we hadn't seen this movie, looking at the shitty poster, the DVD cover, it does look indistinguishable from like 30 other comedies yeah. of the day. It seems like it'd be very easy to pass this up. But I found that people who do know this particular movie and have seen it, 
do seem to have an affinity for it. As far as that kind of crap that used to happen a lot, Role Models is definitely up there. Up there, in my opinion. Absolutely. But I don't think we need comedy structured like this anymore. No, we do not. But I'm also worried, like, what is the future of comedy? I think people with a lack of imagination will blame wokeism for... That's not it. I'm not really sure why comedies are so hard to make now. It's genuinely hard to be funny. Yeah. Like, I, you know, that... I honestly think of all the subgenre of movies... Comedy is the hardest to hit perfectly. Absolutely. No doubt. But it is kind of nice to revisit a 2000s uh, comedy classic yes. in Role Model. A, a Role Model is a movie that we, that's like our movie, a movie that you and I kind of share a love and affinity for. Absolutely. That's kind of followed us throughout our relationships and, and we, our relationship, we've only had one. Yeah, we've only had one. <laughs> and it's, and it's just fun. That's what comfort food is all about this this movie is comfort food for us uh we'll give it one through five combined for best out of ten tell me what you would give role models i'm gonna give it a four four i'm gonna give it a four we watched the unrated version yeah i don't know what that meant i think there were maybe some more curse words more tits in it or something i found that honestly especially with these comedies because they're always packaged in dvds like unrated version like I don't know if it's necessarily a version that was meant to see. Just a way to remarket the movie back at you. It's only three minutes different than the theatrical. <laughs> I couldn't even tell you yeah, what was different. Yeah, it's three minutes. So it's probably just like a little couple extra fucks and boobs. I think realistically, I'm going to give it a 3.5. I agree with that also, and, but... Uh, so that's a 7.5. Check the list out. It's up to the top of a B tier. Maybe the highest you'll see of this kind of comedy for sure as we've said um but yeah it's our little guilty pleasure we don't feel guilty to me a guilty pleasure is like not necessarily that we literally feel guilty but maybe it's something you like that you understand if someone else doesn't sure that's kind of how i define a guilty pleasure i always thought it meant like something that you love but you don't really want people to know you love well, I hope that's not the case for your guilty pleasure. You shouldn't care about anything. You're right. But that's how I interpret it because I don't care what people. But if you can't, if you can sit through role models without laughing, who I don't are know. you? I don't I know. know. We shouldn't be friends. Maybe life has just hit you so hard. Check the show notes for links, other places to find us. It's a jam loaded week. Uh, this week, we got one more challenge performance, but it's the ultimate one tomorrow. The king of the challenged movie characters. The reigning. The one that isn't considered so bad because he accomplished so much in the landscape of Americana. You know who I'm talking about. This one, we've got a couple of movies this month that qualify for both nostalgia and challenged performance. Yeah, that's true. And that one's one of them. So I think you know what we're talking about. So like, subscribe, comment. What do you think about the movie Role Models? What other movies like this uh, really uh, mean a lot to you? I don't. I guarantee you they're probably not quite as good as Role Models. But maybe we haven't seen them and we should. So let us know. Superbad. I don't think Superbad qu- tropes quite like this. No. But that one's a pretty That's funny a one. one. That's we a like funny Superbad. one as well. Yeah. But yeah. So thank you. We love you so fucking much. Life to all lovers. Mm-hmm.